Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. and nine. I won't read very long because I know you've been standing. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which ye have showed towards his name and in that ye have ministered to the saints, and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to, everybody say, the full assurance of hope unto the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience, oh, patience, inherit the promises I want to talk about hope this morning. I want to talk about biblical hope. Amen. Full assurance of hope until to the end. Lord, we thank you, God. Touch us today. Anoint your word. Anoint the lips that speaks. God, speak through this vessel, I pray. I humble myself. I put my will into subjection to yours. I pray, God, that you would help encourage this church today. Help us, God, Lord, increase our hope and increase our faith in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, do you have hope? There's a song that says, I never lost my hope. I never lost my hope. (laughs) I never lost my hope. You know why you can sing that song Because that song, if you lose hope, you didn't have biblical hope. Because hope doesn't end. Hope is not based on uh, your emotional roller coaster. Biblical hope is special. Biblical hope uh, is never ending. The Bible talks to us a little bit about, let me shed this jacket because I'm, I'm hot. The Bible says in Romans 12 and 12, it tells us to rejoice in hope. Romans 8, 24, for we are saved by. You help me. We are saved by hope. We'll come back to that verse in a little while, but we are saved by hope. Hebrews 11 and 1, about, I don't know, uh, Sister Rosie, you would remember, but 20-some years ago maybe? I don't know. Right here at this platform in this space, I preached my first message on Hebrews 11 and 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. 
Titus tells us in 2 and 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But none of that tells us what hope is. I began to look into this and and try to understand because we specifically uh, want to know not just what Webster defines as hope, because the verb does not describe uh, what, the, what God is telling us is biblical hope. We have to know that we are talking about, before we can get the very far to grasp the understanding of truths about biblical hope. And so there are three ways that I have found that, that uh, we use the word hope. The first way is hope is the desire for something good in the future. Children might say, I hope Daddy gets home early tonight so we can play kickball after supper before his meeting. In other words, they desire for him to get home early so that they can experience this good thing, namely playing together after supper. They are, they are hoping, they desire for something good to happen in the future. The second way, hope is the good thing in the future that we are desiring. We say our hope is that Jim will arrive safely. We hoped that we would land safely in St. Louis. We hoped as our plane rocked back and forth coming into Phoenix that it was going to land good. But it woke us up. We hoped that we would get out and be safe. The third is hope is the reason why our hope might indeed come to pass. We say a good tailwind is our only hope of arriving on time. So we hope that a tailwind will push this plane back home. But as you know, coming back to Phoenix, it's not a tailwind, it's a headwind. So hope is used in three senses. One, a desire for something good in the future. The second, the thing in the future that we desire. And three, the basis of or reason for thinking that our desire may indeed be fulfilled. But uh, the there is a distinctive type of hope that I would call biblical hope. All three of these uses are found in the Bible, but the most important feature of biblical hope is not present in any of these ordinary uses of the word hope. In fact, the distinctive meaning of hope in Scripture is almost the opposite of our ordinary usage of the word. Just just bear with me today. I know this is kind of teaching, but we're going to get there. We need teaching. I, I don't mean that in Scripture hope is a desire for something bad instead of something good, not saying that it's opposite in that way. I don't mean that in Scripture hope is a rejection of of good instead of a desire for it. I'm not suggesting that. It is not the opposite of though in those senses. It it is the opposite in the sense of ordinarily when we use the word hope, we express uncertainty rather than certainty. I hope we make it home. That's uncertain. I hope we make it to Samoa. I hope we make it back home from Samoa. That that expresses uncertainty. But biblical hope is not uncertain. You see, 
I hope daddy gets home early means I don't have any certainty that daddy will get home on time. I only have a desire that it happens. Our hope is that Jim will arrive safely means we don't know if he will or not, but that is our desire. A good tailwind is our only hope of arriving on time means a good tailwind would bring us to our desired goal, but we can't be sure that we will get one. Ordinarily, we express hope. We express hope. We are expressing uncertainty. I think it's very careful. We need to be very careful how we speak. Well, I said we need to be very careful how we speak. Me and Brother Caldwell were talking a little bit about this on uh, on Tuesday before we left for St. Louis about how uh, you know the prophetic, and when thus saith the Lord, we need to make sure that when we speak thus saith the Lord, it is thus saith the Lord and not thus saith David Strader or fill in the blank your name. We need to make sure that when we speak, it is of God. And I'm not discouraging us from saying thus saith the Lord, but I'm discouraging us from walking softly on saying thus saith the Lord. We need to make sure that we're in prayer. And when we speak, we should speak with certainty. Well, I hope she's healed. Well, that's why we're not seeing any healing. Well, I hope that they're filled. Well, that's why we're not really seeing any, any people feel. And I'm not saying we're not. I'm just saying in general. I, I, I hope that the power of God falls. No. As long as you have that uncertainty element in hope, which is unbiblical, You will not see what God desires for you to see. This is not the distinctive biblical meaning of hope. Biblical hope is not just a desire. It is not just a desire for something good to happen in the future, but rather biblical hope is a confident expectation and desire for something good to happen in the future. When I say, I hope, we need to say it with expectation that it's not just may may not happen, it's going to happen. Sometimes we get a word from the Lord and we say, well, I hope it happens. But I'm going to tell you today, I don't care if the word of God came to you 10 years ago, last week, 30 years ago. It doesn't, I don't care if, if, if it was a word from God now. Let me establish that. If it was a word from God, not your flesh, not your desire, not your will, but a word from God, then you can take it to the bank and you can cash it because God is not uncertain in his word. And we've got the power of the Holy Ghost and when we speak hope, we should speak hope the way the Bible speaks about hope. It is certain. It is confident. It is full of expectation. We should not pray for somebody and not expect them to be healed. In fact, we should flip the script and say, I would be surprised if they're not healed. That is what expectation says. We don't lay our hands on people and say, well, I hope that God heals her. I hope that God heals him. No, I say let the hope of God, uh, let it rise into them uh, and let them be healed. Thus saith the Lord, uh, you shall be healed in Jesus' name. 
Praise God. Now, some say, well, you should pray. Now, we all, we, we, listen, I live a life, and you live a life of, God, we want your perfect will to be done. Hopefully, you pray that every day. So everything I do, I want first, seek first the kingdom. I want his will to be done, not my will to be done. So I, listen, I, I, don't, I, just, I, don't, I don't have to caveat that every single time. But the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so when I pray for somebody, I pray be healed in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now, I, I, I've been privileged, thank God, not to see as many as others, but I've been, able, been privileged to see some people miraculously healed and touched by the hand of God. Not even ones that I've personally, I'm even, even ones I've just observed, and I was just in the room. So I know what God can do, and you know what God can do. But I'm going to tell you, it didn't come to pass with a, I hope it happens. It doesn't work that way. I. I hope that God answers the prayer I just prayed. Listen, when you approach God and you approach prayer with uncertainty, that is not just a lack of faith, that is a lack of belief. Biblical hope is not only desire something good in the future, it expects it to happen. Well, then what happens when when it doesn't happen? Listen, I... I can't spend my days or my hours or my weeks or my time asking God, why didn't you heal? Why didn't you do that? God, you told me to lay hands on this person. They would recover, and they didn't, and it didn't happen. Listen, I'm not God. You're not God. I don't have to answer for God. God decides to heal some, and he decides not to heal others. Uh, he decides to heal them now, and some he decides to heal in 10 years. I can't answer that for you, but it does not change the fact that he is a healer, that he is a miracle worker, that I, it does not change the fact that I have to have hope and not just uncertainty hope but I gotta have full to be full of expectation praise God brother Stone King said he was asked that question multiple times why why are some healed and some are not healed that is a question I asked brother Kraft and I think there's some really good answers to that uh, I, and, and one I believe sometimes me and brother Wasman's had this conversation in the past sometimes they don't want to be healed They want the paycheck of disability in the mail every week. And if they were healed, that check would, oh, that happens. Brother Wasman, you, you experienced it on the street. You, you passed a man, and he, he was blind, I believe, and, and, and he, he came, Brother Wasman said, I, I felt led. I felt compelled to come pray for you. And he said, I don't want to be healed. I'm comfortable. Well, listen, uh, there is no power of, or authority that will override that person's desire not to be healed. But I'm going to tell you what, it doesn't change or jade my understanding of the word of God. I'm still going to pray for the next person in Jesus' name. Or, or you say, well, what, what God spoke to me didn't happen. I'm still going to have hope, biblical hope, on the word of God that he gave me. If God said he's going to save your children, you can take it to the bank. You can have Bible hope. You can have Jesus hope knowing that it's going to come to pass. Praise God. And not only, it not only expects it to happen, it is confident. Confident that it will happen. Confident that it will happen. Confident knowing that God is able to do exceedingly, 
abundantly above all that we can ask or think. We need some confidence. I need some confidence. We need to walk in the confidence of the Holy Ghost. I believe that we should walk humbly before the Lord. I'm going to say it again. We should walk humbly before the Lord. We should have a spirit of humility on us at all times, especially when we are operating in the gifts of the Spirit. But I also believe that we ought to operate with spiritual boldness of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Humility is not to cower down to the power of the Word of God. Listen, it's the Word. Whatever you've heard, whatever you have felt, whatever you have heard from God, listen, you need to have hope this morning because if God said it, it will come to pass. Sometimes we may not see it come to pass, but if God says it, it's going to happen. Amen. There's been some words that God's given me. There's been some promises that I have felt directly from God, and, and I, I, I still haven't seen them come to pass. And I may not ever see them come to pass, but they will because I have hope. I said because I have hope. And the enemy wants to take your hope. But you've got to rebuke that and say, I have hope in the name of Jesus Christ. I have hope in the word of God. It is forever settled in heaven. There is a certainty that the good we expect and desire will be done. I don't want to just come to people and say, well, I hope you can be delivered of that addiction. I, I, I hope that God will, will intervene for you. No. You can say, I hope, but you need to also emphatically say, I hope and I expect it to come to pass. I'm going to, I know I said it before, I'm going to say it again. We need to switch our mentality, and we need to be surprised when it doesn't come, when they're not healed. When they're not filled, there is no reason. There is no reason outside of human will and desire and, and surrender or lack of surrender that one that wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost should not be filled with the Holy Ghost. I've got hope. Uh, do you have a, throw up one of those pictures, sister, the one on the trash can. I'm going to tell you what hope looks like. This is a little bit of what hope looks like, and it was done uh, taken at NAYC this week, where this man—I don't know who these people are—but this man th th needed a touch of God in his life, and this uh, this brother felt to go pray for him. And getting from the floor to the next level is very difficult, and so he said, "You know what? I'm gonna go find me a chair." And there's a trash can, and he pushed that trash can in front of him, and he got on top of that trash can, and he laid his hands on him. I'm gonna tell you what that is. That's hope filled with expectation. It looks a little different, but that's what the men that broke down the, uh, the, the, the tiles of the roof, uh, that was hope filled with expectation. Listen, I'm not just, I'm not just removing this roof uh, for it might to happen, uh, but when we lower this man down, uh, I expect uh, him to get up out of his bed and walk. I gotta change my mentality. I gotta change my, my my even my belief system, perhaps, if you will, because I've got to believe upon the word of God more than I believe on what I see with my physical eyes. We so desperately need to get in the spirit. We need to operate in the spirit. You say we need to be more spiritual? Yes. I think we need to be more spiritual. 
I don't think we need to be high-minded or, or, or haughty or, or have a, a self-righteous spirit, but we need to be spiritual. I believe everything is spiritual. I said, I believe everything. Some say, well, you, you think, yes, I think everything is spiritual because if you walk in the Spirit, everything's spiritual. If you're being led of the Spirit, everything that, everything that God takes you to and through is of God and it is in the Spirit. Well, it seems so small and so casual. It's still in the spirit. Everywhere I go, I don't care if it's the grocery store, I want to be in the will of God. God, if you don't want me to go to that fries and you want me to go to this fries, God, I want to be in the spirit because who knows who God's going to send me at that fries. I go to that one all the time, but I've got hope. I've got confidence that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. Show the one being baptized, sister, if you would. Here, here's what hope looks like. This young man, this is a youth president right here, a friend of mine, and uh, we, we were going, we went and got coffee. Well, they went and got coffee, and I just went and got a, a lemonade because I don't drink it. But he was on the way back from coffee. He got a text message from this young man who, had, who was new to the church, and, and uh, he was seeking after the Holy Ghost, and he came to NAYC, unfilled with the Holy Ghost. And, and after, uh, I think it would have been Thursday, or no, uh, Friday morning, I guess it would be Friday morning. Yes, we went to coffee Friday afternoon. Uh, Friday morning, he, he reached out to this young man, and he said, I want to be baptized. And he said, okay, we can arrange that. He said, I want to be baptized today. He said, okay, well, we can arrange that too. And, and he said, I, I, you know, I've got family home that would surely probably want to be a part of this, but after the message today, I can't leave St. Louis without the Holy Ghost. You want to see what hope looks like? I see hope in that young man's life being baptized. He had hope that when he was baptized in Jesus' name, uh, that he would be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, and friends, I can stand before you today uh, that he came out of that water speaking in other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gives it. Why? Uh, I've got hope. Uh, I've got confidence. Uh, I've got expectation that it's going to happen. And as you're going on your daily walk of life and as you go to the stores and as you go to your work and as you go wherever you go, we need to be looking through spiritual lenses and asking God, show me hope. Show me where hope is. Show me where there's hope in people's life or a lack of and they need the hope of God. We should not go anywhere, nowhere without a thought or idea that God send me a soul. Send me somebody to talk to. God, send me somebody that I can pray with. Send me somebody that I can touch, that you can touch. Oh, God, through this vessel. God, send me somebody because I've got hope. I've got expectation. We need to change. What would happen if we changed our mentality and be surprised when we get home from our daily routine? God, I'm surprised that you didn't put somebody in my, foot, my path today because I've got hope. That hope still is alive and well. That the word of God is still true. And I, I, I know for a fact that the enemy is seeking about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And so God, send me a soul. I wonder what would happen to this local church. I wonder what would happen to the kingdom. It's not just about building this church, but it's about building the kingdom of God. I wonder what would happen if we, if we changed our mentality and said, God, every day, God, send me somebody. Get me out of my shell. Get me out of, of where I'm 
that because God, if somebody could receive the hope that I've got inside of my heart, if someone could feel the hope that I feel, then I know their lives could be changed. Brother Adrian was telling me of a story. It was at the hotel, bro. At NYC, when you talked to that young man, you got his phone number. He was, I think, in the elevator. Or she's, he was in the lobby. He talked with this young man. Anyways, he talked with him a good bit. And, and uh, in the end, Brother Adrian, uh, this guy was, uh, I think, going to the baseball game because they had a baseball game there, the Cubs and I think the Cardinals. Cubs won, from what I understand. I, I have no clue. But, but they were there. and. Uh, and they were there, they had a baseball game. So this, I think this man was probably from the baseball game. And anyways, the, story, the conversation went on for a little while. And Brother Adrian said, I would love to give you a Bible study. Would you like a Bible study? He said, well, I, I can't right now. So Adrian, you know what he did? He got his phone number. He said, okay, I, I, we, I don't know where that man lives. I don't know, does he live here? South Dakota? Hey, listen, you, you, you can do that Bible study over a Zoom call or hey, Hey, what about connecting him with the pastor in South Dakota and say, hey, here's a man that needs a Bible study. Follow. I'm te- That's what a hope looks like. Hope says uh, they may have a beer in their hand, uh, but I've got hope. Uh, I've got confidence uh, that God will do uh, what he said he'll do. Oh, God. Give me hope. Give me hope. Biblical hope is not just a mere desire for something good to happen. It is a confident expectation and desire for something good to happen. Biblical hope has moral certainty in it. When we say the words hope in God, explanation point, it does not mean cross your fingers. Oh, oh God. I'm telling you, if we need to somehow, some way, get that, get that so deep in our spirit, so that when we talk to somebody and say, "Hey, you, you, you can, you can't hope in this doctor, you can't hope in that therapist, you can't hope in that spouse, you can't hope in that alcohol, you can't hope in those drugs, you can't hope in all the things of the world. Hope in Jesus." if we could get it so deep down into our heart that when we spoke those words, they literally were just blasted with the spirit of hope and that there would be something in their spirit that would awaken and they've experienced church and religion all their life, but there's something that was just birthed in their heart that opened it up. It's not just crossing your fingers. It means the use of this right here. Expect great things from God. Biblical hope is not casual. It is not laced with wondering. It's anticipation for what God is going to do. I want to tell you, people's hope is seen in their actions. Some people say, I've got hope in God, but they have really no hope at all. They've got Webster hope. They got Webster dictionary hope, and they don't have biblical hope. I'm going to show you a little, I'm going to show you another story of what hope looks like. Here, before you play it, there is a young lady, again, uh, 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 goes to a church of a youth president, uh, Brother Andrew Lucas, and, and, uh, or he was in his district, rather, he said. And, and here's this young lady, she, she was bound to a wheelchair. She could not walk and she could not write. 
But on Friday night, as you heard the voice of all those thousands of people, you see, you know, here's the deal is I realize that there are some unrighteous people amongst those 30-some thousand people. There are some sinners amongst you. get 30,000 people. There are some that, that they don't believe the way we think. Well, 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 I want to just segregate myself from them. Well, okay, you can, either be the, you, can, you can either be an influencer or you can be someone who runs. And I'm not talking about a social media influencer either. I'm talking about a hope influencer, a truth influencer, an apostolic separated influencer. Amen. Well, that's a whole other message for a whole other day. But hey, surely there's people from all walks of life in this conference. Not every single thing that is done, not every single element do I myself even say I, I, I stand behind or agree with. But the, 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 the spirit of it was in alignment. And there was an expectation Friday night that something was going to happen. And these are just a few things that I saw. But here this young lady is had gotten this report from this, this doctor and she could not walk and she could not speak. But as that 30-some that, that thousand people began to shout Jesus, go ahead and play it, as they began to shout Jesus, she got out of that wheelchair and she began to walk around the dome in North American Youth Congress. And later that night, she was found walking in the uh, exhibit area, purchasing clothes uh, by herself, uh, walking around. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, when you, if we can get the hope of God uh, inside of our spirit, uh, I'm telling you, uh, there will be nothing impossible uh, for Lighthouse Church uh, when you've got hope. Uh, I never lost it. I never lost it. I never lost it. Oh, God, it's not casual. I'm going to tell you what biblical hope looks like. It looks a little crazy sometimes. Oh, I said it looks a little crazy sometimes. I haven't seen the video, but Brother Lucas, he, was gonna, he, he said he has the, a video of that young lady when literally they began to take her hand and they pulled her out of that wheelchair. There was hope in two ways. There was hope for the one that grabbed her hand and pulled her out of the wheelchair. That was hope saying, get out of that wheelchair and walk in Jesus' name. But then there was hope of that young girl who had had so many people pray for her, I'm sure, time and time again. But at that moment, the power of God was upon them, and faith was there, and there was hope. And as they began to pull, like the men that dropped the man down from the roof, as they began to pull on that girl, strength began to come to her legs because there's hope. There's hope. There's hope. There's hope. I've got hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm said it like this. David said it. For thou art my hope, O Lord God. Thou art my trust from my youth. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I, here it is. David made a choice to have the hope of God in his spirit. But I choose I will. I expect it to happen. Not just today, not just next week, but I expect it to happen even if it takes a year. I expect it to happen even if it takes a decade. I will hope continually. 
And I'm going to tell you, when you've got biblical hope, listen to me, when you've got biblical hope, you will do exactly what he follows up with. Some people say, I've got hope, and then they go home. And they sit, and they wallow, and they complain, and they blame God, and they blame themselves, and they blame others, and, and they say, well, I just don't have any more hope. I, I don't have any more, any more belief in this. I just don't know. I believe it for others, but I don't think it could happen for me. we got to change that. we got to shift that. Something's got to change in our mentality, our, our, in our spiritual system. We've got we to change that. We've got to have the spirit of David that says, I, I will hope continually. But while I hope continually, I'm going to praise you more and more and more and more. He didn't say when it happened. He said, I'm just going to hope continually. And while I hope, I'm going to back it up with my praise. I'm going to back it up with my shout. I'm going to We say put your money where your mouth is. I say put your praise where your hope is because when you got hope you ought to shout unto the Lord. Oh, let's lift our hands right now and pray that hope would fill our spirits. Fill us with hope. Fill us with hope. God, encourage us and fill us up again when we've let down on hope. Hebrews 6 and 9. It says now we, we got to go to this scripture and we got to see the last point that I'll close with this in just a moment. After warning the readers that it is possible for people who have had remarkable religious experiences to commit apostasy and go beyond the point of no return, he says in verse 9 of Hebrews 6, but beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed towards his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Now comes to the admonition of verse 11 and 12 to press on and not to become sluggish but now the battle is described in terms of hope not just in terms of love and of service we read in 11 and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope he said the same way that you loved and the same way that you served so diligently and faithfully is the same way that you should be full of assurance of hope until the end. Ah. Hey, I don't mean to be, it, it sounds a little funny, but you've heard that saying, it ain't over until the, thank you, sister. Hey, it ain't over until he says it's over. 
it ain't over until God says it's over. And until then, until the end, Brother Meeks, I'm gonna be full of hope. I'm gonna believe. I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna speak prophetically. I'm gonna speak with authority because I've got hope. Hey, God didn't save us to bring doubt into a hospital room. He saved us to bring hope into the hospital room. He didn't save us to bring doubt and fear and anxiety. He said, hey, I filled you with the Holy Ghost. Now I expect you to be full assurance of hope until the end. In other words, with all the zeal of the past that enabled you to work and love in the name of Jesus Christ, with all that zeal, keep on pursuing the full assurance of hope until the end. Church, as you see the world waxing worse and worse and worse, still be full assurance of hope that God can still save and deliver. The more that we see the LGBTQ plus A, B, C, D, E, F, G, we still gotta be full assurance of hope that God can save, that God can deliver, that God can set free. Hey, we don't agree with it, but God can still reach down and save and deliver. The more that we see our city, the more that we see our region, the more that we see our family disobeying God, turning away from God, friends, you've got to have full assurance of hope that God is able to do what he said he will do. And it's time that the apostolic church be the apostolic church that he died for. He didn't call us to be doubters. He didn't call us to sit on our hands. He didn't call us to have uncertainty in our spirit. But there's got to be a few. There's got to be somebody. I know it's going to be only a few. But there's going to be a few that says, you know what? My God still can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all but you didn't hear the report. Yeah, but you're not listening to the report of the Lord. You're hearing the report of the doctor, but it ain't over until God says it's over. Hey. You can look around and sure, you can look around even the city of Apache Junction and find all the reasons why revival won't be loosed. You can look around all the regions surrounding that God has given us. And you can find all the excuses in the world why we can't reach our world. But while there's doubters out there, there's gonna be a church that's full assurance of hope that says God can do it. And it ain't over until God says it's over. There is no fight, there is no quest, there is no challenge, no more, or no war more urgent than this, and that is to keep your hope hot. It is to keep your hope red hot and fired up. You've got to be full assurance of hope as the doubters will arise. As the world gets worse, as the voices of the adversary saw just recently, it was mentioned at NAYC of a, a group chanting, it was the LGBTQ community, said, We're coming after your kids. You ain't coming after my kids. 
You hear me loud and clear, enemy. You ain't coming out. There needs to be some daddies right now. I'm full assurance of hope. You ain't coming after my kids. I got full assurance of hope that the protecting hand of God is upon them. And I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out of my family. Get out of my church. Get out. I got hope in Jesus. We need to keep our hope red hot because there's going to be a lot of people the peasant that comes against us and say, hey, it ain't going to happen. You'll never see it. It'll never happen. You'll never see revival. You'll never see your kids. You'll never, you'll never see victory. You'll never see miracles like that. You'll never see things like that. You'll never see miracle signs and wonders. You'll never, hey, listen, let the doubters doubt if they want to. But as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And the last I checked, he told me to be full assurance of hope. The last I checked, he's still saving souls. He's still delivering people from addiction. He's still delivering people from sin. He's still, hey, I don't hate them. We need to love them and be full of assurance of hope that God can do it. What our world needs is not to be condemned. They need the convicting power of God. I'm going to tell you, it's going to come not from somebody who will stand in a microphone and condemn them to hell, but it's going to be somebody who will stand in a microphone, somebody that will go up and shake their hand, somebody that will pray for them at an altar and say, hey, I know a God that can heal you. I know a God that can save you. If God can save me, if God can save us, he can save anybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God Make our hope red hot. I know it's difficult when you see the news. I've heard that saying, I'm losing hope in humanity. Listen, the reason we've lost hope in humanity is because humanity is under sin. They're under a yoke. And I never had hope in the devil in the first place. So I'm not losing hope. I've already, there is no hope for the enemy. He's got, he's got a destiny. He's got a future, and it is not bright. But I'm going to tell you what, I, we already know the end for the, for the church of the living God, not just Lighthouse. I'm talking about the church of the living God. We need to start walking in the boldness and the authority in which God has died for and given to us. If you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you ought to show it. You ought to proclaim it. You ought not just shout about it here, but you ought to shout about it out there. You ought to walk with us full assurance of hope that God will do what he said. I want to tell you something that I've been feeling very, very strongly. I believe we need desperately, Brother Smith was talking about this on, the, on our AYC Zoom call, that he, he, they set a goal, they start setting a goal of their church every year of, uh, of, a Bible, of teaching Bible studies. And I can't remember the number he said they're at now. Do you remember? Their goal was 250, and I think they're at like 150, 160 Bible studies that not the pastor, not, not just the ministry team, but the church has begun to teach. Telling you, if we've got full assurance of hope, we are not ashamed to teach Bible studies. Hey, well, they, they, there's nobody that wants this. That, that's a lie from the pit of hell. 
Hey, surely there's going to be some people who say, you know what, don't want it, don't, you know what, I got other plans, but I'm going to tell you what, there are many people that are hungry and they are thirsty and they want what you have. They don't know what you have and they don't know what they really need, but they know that what they've had so far is not satisfying their soul and they need a red hot full of hope apostolic believer that says, hey, I've got hope, I've got hope. I've got hope. I don't care what the headlines say. I've got hope. I don't care what the doctor says. I've got hope. I don't care what the churches surrounding us say. I've got hope. I've got hope. Let's stand. You've got hope that I'm coming to a close. Hallelujah. Romans 15 and 13. Now the God of hope. Oh, here it is. The God of hope. How do I have hope that's biblical, that's God hope? Because the hope that you are filled with does not come from hope of this world. But now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound. Everybody say abound. abound. Everybody say in hope. in hope. Abound in hope. Through what? How are we going to... Oh, wait a second. We... We use the power. We use the power of the Holy Ghost for a lot of things. But when we're faced with adversity, we lose hope. When we're out there trying to reach the lost, we lose hope. Hey, the power of the Holy Ghost just was not designed for buildings. Quite the opposite. This is just the, this is really just the preparation ground that we come together together. And we're going to do it more often, but I'm going to tell you what, as often as we gather here, we ought to gather with them out there. We ought to find somebody. Hey, listen, everybody's got a different method in which they do it, but everybody ought to have a method in which they do it. You may do it in the grocery store. You may do it at your job. You may do it somewhere else. But, hey, everybody needs a ministry that ministers to people, that reaches people. I'm going to tell you what, people need to hear, not because of what I've preached, but they need to hear that there's a church that still has hope in God. I don't have hope in programs. Hey, I don't have hope in programs. We have some programs. The only reason I have hope in them is because I got hope in God. And they're God ordained. And we pray that God would be in them. But without prayer, Vacation Bible School would just be another program. Without God being a part of it, any service that we do would just be a gathering. It would literally be entertainment. It's just, they said it, Sister Kendra Shock said it at NAYC. We have become so intoxicated with service after service and conference after conference that that's all we want to do is just, it's just another version of entertainment to us. God forbid that we contain the hope of glory, the hope of God into our just little box and we withhold it in. God, I've been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me hope again in the name of the Lord Jesus. When you speak to somebody, you speak not of your name. You speak of a name that is above every name. 
I know we understand. I know I'm preaching to apostolic, Holy Ghost filled people, and you know that you could preach it. You could take the mic and preach it. But I'm telling you, you need to be reminded of it today that if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got power. You are filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when we walk into situations, when we deal with people, when we deal with hard problems, and we deal with families being split to pieces, and we deal with sicknesses of all manner, and we, we deal with uh, even personal adversity and storms, uh, it, the apostolic, the Holy Ghost filled person ought to deal with it differently. We got to be filled with hope. You know what hope says? Hope in God says we will not bow. God will deliver us, but if not, we will not bow. That's what hope says. Hope says I may not be healed right now, but I'm still coming to church. I'm still going to serve God. I'm still going to teach Bible stuff. I'm still... I may have prayed for five people and they still haven't received their healing but when I come to that sixth part, I'm still going to lay hands on them and they shall recover. They shall recover because I've got hope. Hebrews 6, 19 which hope we have I love this right here. Hope we have as an anchor of our soul. Both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil. There's so much in that scripture packed that I don't have time to unpack it. But I'm going to tell you what the solution is with oppression, anxiety, sickness, disease, financial struggle, issues that you deal with. I'm going to tell you what the solution is. The anchor of the soul. The hope of God. I don't hope in this world. I don't have hope in a pilot. I don't have hope in a, in a driver. I definitely don't have hope in Arizona drivers. But I've got hope in God. I've got hope in God. That if he has ordained me, if he is protecting me, if his hand is upon me, I've got hope in him. Can we lift our hands? I pray that our prayer today would be that God would bathe us in a full assurance of hope before we leave. Bathe me in a full assurance of hope until the end. I, I pray that that would be your prayer right now. Bathe me in a full assurance of hope until the end. Can we gather up to this altar? Can we step out of our seat wherever you can pray? But get out, out of your seat today and let's lift our hands up to heaven. I don't think we all, I don't think really we need to bow. I think we just need to lift our hands. But do whatever you feel led to do. But I, I just feel we need to lift our hands and lift our eyes up unto God and say, God, bathe me with hope. <laughs> In a world full of doubt 
in a world filled with fear and unbelief, in a world that doesn't believe in miracles anymore or healings anymore, all they do is they think you're crazy, they think you're a lunatic. Hey, bathe me, oh God, in hope. Oh God, when I'm being attacked in my spirit, in my heart, in my soul, with anxiety, with fears, with, with all manners of, 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 of wickedness, God, bathe me in hope. God, when I've got family that I go home to and they're full of wickedness and, and they're full of division and they and they just don't get it, God, bathe me in hope. When I got my, my, my son and my daughter on my prayer every day and they still seem to be running away from God, God, bathe me in a full assurance of hope. When I haven't received the healing yet, God, don't allow me to lose hope in you, but bathe me in a full assurance of hope. When it seems like our kids aren't getting it, when it seems like our kids aren't connected, God, bathe me. Bathe me and bathe them in a full assurance of hope. God, when you've given me a word and that word hasn't come to pass, give me a full assurance of hope. When my world falls apart, give me a full assurance of hope. Bathe me in it. God, make me, O oh Lord, into a walking vessel where people can feel the hope of God, where people can literally sense hope in a hopeless world.
somebody right now. I know sometimes we go pray with somebody and we, we just kind of find somebody right next to us. But I want you to pray right now. God may not reveal what they need to you, and that's okay. But you're going to begin to intercede in the Holy Ghost for them. I want you to pray right now that God would put someone in your heart to go pray with and partner with. When, when you pray with them, I, I want you to speak hope. I want you to speak the full assurance of hope until the end. There's some here they need they're in a financial situation. They're more than just one or two. They need hope in their life. They need hope. And I'm telling you, it's here today. There's some that's got family, broken homes, and there's sicknesses and diseases that exist right here amongst this group of people. We need to speak the full assurance of hope. Come on, would you do it right now and begin to operate in the Holy Ghost? Step outside of your comfort zone. Find somebody and pray with them and speak hope. Speak hope. Mountains, Jesus in the street, Jesus, Jesus in the darkness over every end of Jesus, Jesus for my family. Yes. Speak the holy name, Jesus. Over every enemy, 
some of us are in poverty of hope. Shout Jesus but there from needs to be a spirit of hope that rises Jesus up in, the in some families right now. Jesus in the dark. We serve a God that is able. We serve a God that's powerful. Jesus for my family. Yes, I, I speak, speak the holy name. Come on. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name. Jesus, cause your name is power, your name is Your name is power, your name 
to speak on this, but it was just confirmed. Mr. Parker shared something with me that confirmed what I was feeling. And I, I can't remember exactly where it was. I believe it was a, a preacher that I heard it, a story. But anyway, the experience was that they had been exposed to hell. And in all the emotions and all of the spirits, rather, that, that was being attacked, or that they felt, said the strongest spirit was the spirit of hopelessness. I've got a lot of scriptures on that that I, I, I didn't even have a chance to talk about. But I want to tell you what hopelessness will do. It'll push somebody into a spirit in a state of depression like none other. It'll push someone into suicide, self-harm, because they have no hope. They feel a spirit of hopelessness. And that's why people end their lives. That's why people walk away from God. Because they have a spirit of hopelessness. And I can tell you that my wife and I have dealt with that spirit. Not of suicide, but of anxiety and depression. I believe God has allowed us to feel some of these things so that we can, when we walk into, I feel that God does that. He'll allow us to go through some things so that when we walk into the room, we can identify what that spirit is. And it's not a very comfortable journey to go through because it gets very personal. But I tell you what we need to do before we leave this place. I never realize the hour. But I want us to, in just a moment, I want us to all lift our hands. And we're going to speak against the spirit of hopelessness. We've been, we've been speaking the full assurance of hope until the end, but I want us to partner that with a rebuke, a cursing of hopelessness. And everything that follows, Brother Kyle, everything that follows that spirit and that feeling of hopelessness. And when we're done with that, I want us to, one more time, proclaim hope. We talk a lot about faith, but not a lot is talked about hope. The Bible has a lot to say about it. So whether you want to sit or stand, it doesn't matter to me. If you would, lift your hands. And let's right now, let's pray against the spirit of hopelessness here locally in our church, in our city, in our region. I command in the name of Jesus, in the authority of the word of God, in the power of the name of Jesus, I command the spirit of hopelessness, that cloud of hopelessness, God, to be removed from this church, from this city, from this region, from every home and every family connected to everyone in this place. God, in the name of Jesus, I curse that spirit of hopelessness that is straight from the pits of hell. In the name of Jesus, it must leave now. It must cease now. The clouds must rescind now. In the name of Jesus, and I proclaim, oh God, a full assurance of hope to rest into every home, into every heart, into every mind. 
mind into every family, into every church, into every city, into every individual in the name of Jesus. Oh, we curse depression. We come against and curse every anxiety spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah.